I don't know. I, 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 hey, what's I, up, everyone? This is Jason Tucker, <laughs> and this is JP Water Cooler. So, number 198. Today's topic is ooh, ooh, two, yeah. more, two more are. And then what happens? Included? Question mark. Wait, we're done out. forever now. Yeah, so we're, today we're going to be talking a little bit about, uh, about when you have a new WordPress website and you're going to be doing something with it. Where do you begin? Where do you begin when, the, when they hand over the keys to you and you're like, your website's done? Now go 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 use it. <laughs> I think that um, that's this is a great topic, and um, it reminds me of the Mad Hatter in Alice in Wonderland, and that would be the developer, and he says to Alice, "Start at the beginning, and when you get to the end, stop." That is the equivalent of the instructions that are generally given to <laughs> people managing their own websites. Well, Russ was the one that brought this one to our attention, and it, it sounded like, uh, uh, was, was this a cry for help, Russ? Is, it, is, that, is this how it started are we, uh, are we introducing ourselves? Oh, Sorry. yeah, we do have to do that, don't I we? I'm just, I'm just curious. curious. I'm going to go ahead and answer that. regulars here, come on. I'm going to go ahead and answer that after intros. Perfect. <laughs> we, right. we are, this is the core crew, so we're very, feeling very comfortable today. True. George, tell people oh. about yourself that they haven't heard um, already over the last 198 episodes. Uh, about myself, um, my name is George Stefanis. I work for Automatic, and I really enjoy very peaty scotch. And happy birthday. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to you, George. I am now a power of two age again. <laughs> You're so uh, young. So young. <laughs> By the power of two. I am Stephanus. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Stephanus. Sorry, I should probably say it right now. Stephanus. 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 <laughs> I don't know. Just. Russ, what about you, dude? Uh, you got to tell us something that no one else knows about you. Because we've no been on for so many episodes now. That no one else knows about me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah like our. our not sign up for this. Ha, have you never been to an after party with me? Because after a couple drinks, like, there's nothing nobody knows about me. So. <laughs> Whether they want to or not. Remember in Orange County when I was dancing on the table? That's all I'm gonna say. I think they try not to. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh. That's it. All right, perfect. Say, <laughs> what about you? Tell us something that we do know about you. Hey, something you do know about me is that my name is Say, and I am findable at Say Media on all the things I make WordPress, love WordPress, teach WordPress, preach WordPress, and um, I have a new baby nephew, so that's exciting. Welcome, Luca. Nice. What about you, Steve? WordPress onesie. Oh, thank you. I'm I'm actually wearing a WordPress onesie right now. Um, <laughs> my name My name's Steve. I'm the founder of Zeek Interactive, and I run the OC WordPress Meetup. Awesome. I'm Jason Tucker. You can find me over at Jason Tucker on Twitter, and I blog over at JasonTucker.us. And I do a bunch of shows on WPWarcore. Go to WPWarcore.com. Click on the links there, and check them all out. So, one or two shows, just, just one or two. <laughs> just a few. Just a few. Well, so, so, Jason, to, to answer your question, um, I work for a, a pretty big support company, and we get a lot of people that come uh, to our company and they say, we need your help, our current developer has left, or the person we contracted to build this has left, we can't get a hold of them. Um, we want you to update this thing, but we don't know how it works, so we're hoping you know how it works. And so the idea is basically, this can go in two ways, but, but the, the basic idea is when somebody comes to you like that, where do you start with them and how do you help them get a better understanding of how their website works? 
because I think more times than often, you have people who are like, well, I don't know, it just it uses WooCommerce, and that's about all they know. Or that. They might not even know that. Yeah, sure. I mean, but, but, really, so, yeah. Your starting point is probably going to be, before trying to walk them through it, getting the keys to the kingdom, logging in, and finding out yourself how it's built. I mean, obviously, as folks who make websites, we probably have more of an understanding of, oh, this site's using advanced custom fields, or this one's using uh, WooCommerce, this one's using uh, EDD, or what have you. So basically get a good understanding yourself of how the last person left it, um, and then just migrate so you can actually start explaining it to others. Because if you don't know what's going on, you're not going to be able to teach it very well. Well, sure. No, and the, the the key thing about that though is not every not only is not every website created equally, but actually every install of WordPress past that first even even the core install, depending on which quick install or which setup you've got going on, has different things. GoDaddy's got its little starter manager thing in there, and uh, SiteGround starts out with SG Cache Press or SG Cache and um, some other different things. So. There is, at this point, no real like base um, starting point for WordPress. Everything is different. And so I think you have to, like George was saying, get in there and assess what not only what parts aren't working that they uh, don't, don't know how to use, but what parts are working that might be causing other problems. I, I uh, was helping a client once, and um, they, they didn't you know, know what to do with the site. They had nine slider plugins installed. I had Nine. like a tweet, a tweet storm panic attack about it. Uh, so you can see <laughs> that on my on my Say Read Media a couple of months 10, ago. Huh? Yeah. But no, nine slider plugins. So nine. So so staying on this topic, what would you guys, when you have a new client who comes to you, what would you tell them to expect as far as here's what we're gonna charge you to learn your site and learn how it works? Like, how would you handle with that? I, I'm gonna throw that to Steve. I, I do discovery. So my discovery in that uh, exact instance is anywhere from five to ten hours, um, and I just I I charge my maximum rate uh, for discovery to go in and figure out what's going on to get so that we can get familiar with the site so that we can then either work on it or train on it. And also shows that you're committed to working on that site after you've done that uh, discovery as well because. You're the one that has collected all this information about it, and you've you've given it to the client, and you said, "Look, here's all the things I found out about your site. Well, let's start working on it, right?" I mean, the hidden well, sure. the, the, hidden, the hidden motive there that you're, I think you're referring to, Jason, is it, it's kind of a weed out process, right? That discovery period is not only getting familiar with the site, but but also uh, figuring out if it's a relationship that both I want to be in and that the client wants to be in, right? We get to work with each other. At the end of discovery, we deliver a report, and it's a report that states exactly what's installed, exactly um, how the site works, where some of the slowdowns might be, right? We look at PHP errors. We do a, a, a really thorough discovery process, and we deliver that report. Uh, it, it, that, that report is a deliverable. So if they use us, great. If they don't, they can then take that report to another developer. Sure. I think that's a, a really... Uh, beautiful way to do it because that actually, if, if everyone who built a site did that sort of like assessment, here's the plugins that you've got, here's all this stuff, even if that developer wasn't continuing with that company, at least the company would have this kind of core documentation. And the thing is, when we start talking about documentation in the WordPress community, it generally ends up being about, you know, WordPress documentation and whatnot. We never really talk about 
documenting the um, sure. the site for the user and what that should look like and. And that's something that I've been rather obsessed with for the past so, couple of months. So I'm actually working on a discovery project right now. I've got two of them uh, actively working right now today. And one of them, uh, we're we're the fourth developer that's worked on this website, right? Wow. And and all of that legacy code from each developer is still hanging around. I mean, that's a really well, frustrating they, situation. No, I mean, it's, it's, who was talking about the site that had uh, nine different slider plugins? I can pretty much guarantee you no developer installed more than one slider plugin. That was at least nine sequential developers that each said, <clears> I'll <throat> just install something I'm comfortable with, and then... Well, no, no, no. That so is actually not true. That's not true. In this case, it <laughs> was one cry, company. Babe. No, no, no. Real thing. One company, not only had they done that, but they also did not turn off for a live site that they had launched months ago. They did not turn off the block Google robots.txt toggle box. So... This is a company that's charging thousands of dollars for its development. And the real problem here is, is that anyone can be like, yeah, I'm a web developer, and then hire someone from India or wherever, no offense to anyone in India, but outsource basically to some you know, person who's never there and then deliver something that is completely subpar with no documentation and charge people for that, and there's no recourse. So, so, so I was going to say, as nine developers, they could all work for the same company. <laughs> it was one company. Yeah, George, uh, not, I mean, he, I, I put it this way. Not all developers are created equally, right? So yeah. I would say I find that, um, you know, a lot of code I inherit, one developer will have just installed, you know, multiple solid plugins or multiple plugins that do one, one thing. The one that I encounter quite a bit is multiple SEO plugins because well, that always works, right? Because yeah, we all know just, that... The just two, turn them on and everything will be fine. Two SEO well, plugins is better than SEO, SEO, right? Well, so so <laughs> I, I, I want to jump in and say that, George, I totally agree with you that I don't think one or, or a developer should install more than one plugin, but I have seen it where a client has said, well, what's the difference between this slider and this slider? So they will install it twice, show two separate demo pages, and activate it, and that's where that confusion starts to become. And, and actually, it's a good point, Russ, because a lot of times uh, it's not the developer that is that has um, made the mistake. And I, I'm going to I'm going to label it as a mistake, although it's not always a mistake, right? Right. A lot of times it's a client who's gone ahead and, and installed a whole bunch of stuff on their own, and then has completely messed up the site and then decided to hand it over to it. Because the plugin repository is both a really amazing tool, which is getting a revamp and all that, so that's super exciting, but it's also one of those tools that's like, here's a lot of power that could totally ruin your site depending on what you decide to click install with here. You know, it's like any client, unless you restrict those things, which defeats the purpose of the DIY-ness of WordPress, but any client can go in there and do that and without you know, too many big caution signs flashing. Jason and I just talked about this exact topic at uh, SMMOC on Saturday. Yep. Well, what topic is that? Uh, <laughs> you know, the, the you know people were talking about: Do I set up my own website or do I hire a developer? Right. And and my yeah. you know we went through a, quite a bit on that, but um, at, at the end of it, I made a, a point that um, what, what you, by doing it yourself, there's a hidden Mistake, or again, I'm labeling this as a mistake. There's there's some hidden cost that you don't realize of something where you you might make a mistake, right? You might make, be making a mistake for something down the road, or installing a plugin that that is not gonna you're not gonna be able to grow with, or or something. 
It's not just a, a mistake, though, because you could also Google a lot of things, and then because uh, Syed has such amazing SEO powers, uh, everything WP Beginner comes on, and at the top of all of his little tutorials is like, here's a little code snippet. And he makes like, it's WP Beginner, and it's so easy, so why don't you just install a code snippet? No big deal. And, uh, you know, then well, you've got some real problems because people are trying to hack into their own theme development because it should be easy. To do and specific, that. Specifically, we were, talking about, we were talking about SEO. So we were talking about SEO mistakes that you might make without even know, knowing yeah. that you're making them. Sorry, go ahead, George. I mean, I think some of it is that I mean, every site being different, there are, like, some sites are going to be mostly static. So you set the site up for the client, it has their about page, it has some information, maybe a menu, location, and the contact form. Not really something they're going to be actively messing with. Uh, but for a larger company, they will be. But so I think the smart thing to do for smaller companies is give them like this is what your website can do. If you need more, let us know, and then define the constants in WP config. I want it to lock it down so they can't go in and modify theme files through the admin UI, and they can't right. install new plugins or themes uh, and completely botch everything. But the important thing beyond that is always have backups and off-site backups at that, so that if they do do something, you can always rewind back to an earlier point in time. Well, See, but I think you're, sorry, you're looking at it, George, and rightly so, from a developer standpoint, because, hey, you're a developer. <laughs> but from the user standpoint, the user is like, I was, you know, informed, and everyone, if they go to a meetup, everyone's like, yeah, you install plugins. I've had clients who come to me and are like, hey, I took this class that you did on WordPress and you were talking about plugins and my admin doesn't look like that. And the developer had restricted them or maybe they gave them um, uh, a multi-site and only had them on a strict restricted user for a group mm -hmm. site they were hosting or maybe they um, only gave them editor access or maybe they in some cases install plugins to remove the plugins from screens. You know, so like there's there's and then that developer disappears or goes away, and then the, the whole DIY concept of WordPress is really violated with that. So, well, go ahead, Miss. I want to touch on something you said earlier, Say, is that the, the plugin repo can be a useful tool, or it could be your worst enemy. And I think that you need to seriously have a discussion with somebody who's new to WordPress, and you say, listen, you can install as many themes as you want, but you can only activate one. When you can activate multiple plugins, you have to be really careful with what you're doing. And I think that's where George is getting at is by saying, listen, I want you to use this one. This one works, and let's limit what they can do behind the scenes just so the client doesn't get themselves stuck in a rut. You know? I think if you have a backup set up, like any good developer should do that, then educating that client, not restricting the client information, that's totally anti the ethos of WordPress in the first place, to restrict information and control, but let let the client get into the WordPress, and, and this is for small businesses too, because if they're not actively using their site, their site isn't going to index on Google, so they have to get in there, they have to update posts, whatnot, so locking them out of the site for their own protection is is to me totally not the answer. The answer is, for me, education and that everyone who's building a site for a client who is especially in WordPress has to me an obligation to include education as part of that and whether that is an additional fee that you charge for obviously it's time or if you outsource that part to someone um, Suzette who used to be like uh, part of our crew here is doing freelance tutorialing I teach people about WordPress um, Russ is obviously doing that at maintain so there's a lot of people out there who do tutorials and can help people with that stuff if you want to outsource 
the training, but by just handing someone the keys to the site and be like, hey, that's what you paid me for. You're on your own. Come back to me if, if you want. Like, that's that's not WordPress's style. That that that's that doesn't jive for me. Can we take can we take one step back just for a minute? Because yeah. we we we've gotten to the point now. No, it's we've talked a lot about like like we already got the keys to the site and now they're dealing with it. Let's try to save a life real quick. Let's say that let's say that. Can we not talking. have this kind of pressure on us on right. this like, like, I don't this. know if I trust this. No, team. I, I like this idea. But let's pretend that that the person, um, you know, there's still a good relationship between the developer and the the client, and they're still working on the project and they're about to launch this thing. Okay. So, what should that person do? Maybe they, you know, maybe they they start looking through this project that they're that they're working on and going or have someone is working on for them and they look at it and they go I really don't know how this thing works it's almost like you're you just you just bought a car from you know some company and they're they're custom building the car for you and you're like how do I get the instruction manual that's going to explain how to use this site so how do we save this person from the agony of having to now hire another developer to figure out what the heck it is that they just paid for I mean I'll, I'll give you I think I really like that analogy because I would like to say that selling a car to someone who doesn't have a driver's license is kind of what we're talking about here. So I just wanted to pull yeah, that yeah. in there. But at the same point, is also selling a car without a user manual in the glove box. That's what I was. That's where I was going. Right. 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 So, so it, I I would love to see if there was a company that may exist. I don't know. But insert the, business idea here. Sure. Uh, they basically all they did was when someone else finishes a site, be they a freelancer, agency, whatever, they'll go in uh, basically and put together a manual for the site. And a lot of it could be like, don't repeat yourself. Off. So I mean, how many times do they need to write like a section on contact form seven or gravity forms or? Right. Did, did, wait, 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 wait. Someone who, who is one of the main Jetpack team just reference contact form seven? I just want to point sure. that out for a quick second. I'm okay. giving examples. Uh, <laughs> okay. Sure, or the Jetpack 7 contact forms, or what have, what have you. But the idea being to put together a binder uh, that just has different sections on all the features, and then they have this library, they just mix and match them to make a custom binder for each website. Russ, George, uh, Steve, new new business? Anybody? Let's do this. <laughs> I like it. I'm happy it automatically. So... Jason, I know you're busy. That's why I didn't include you in that one. Okay. I, I hate I hate saying this, but I'm going to say it anyways. I think this is where one of the advantages that that Theme Forest has is that at least the theme that you buy comes with some kind of documentation on yeah. how it gets set up, and then mm -hmm. most plugins have a detailed description or or an idea or like a a, a tour that says here's how it works. So ultimately, we could, as developers, suss out what it is your site is doing. I think what George is trying to get at, though, is that anything custom that you do should be well documented so we know what has been hacked, what has been forked, what has been changed outside of the Common Core license. So what is that person, like, what is that, what is that, sorry, what is that person that's going, the site owner, what do they need to say to the developer to get that information out of them, Steve. I, I was going to say, so far we've spoken in, in, in shoulds and nice-to-haves, right? That This is never going to happen. I mean, come on. <laughs> let's, let's be serious. Wait, like, I thought I'm, we lived in an ideal world here in the water cooler. That's I, I've been what I've always this, pretended. 
I, I've been doing this. I've been doing this longer than Russ has been alive. So let's let's let's. <laughs> so this is never. I feel like you just called you just me a. Totally, I, I feel like you totally just called me a child. Yeah, I feel like Get you just totally called me a child. No, he just this called himself old. That's different. I'm sorry. I'm 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 just being funny. This is never going Fine. to happen. Here's here's what we do at Zeke, right? In every contract that we write, when we're working on an original development, at the end of the project before launch, we do at least one, if not two, training calls, right? We do them on GoToMeeting, and we we record them, and then we give them to the client when they're done. If somebody missed the call, right? So that's their training session, and then we do our best to document all of those features that we built custom, right? It's nice that Theme Forest or, you know, Woo Themes or any of the theme companies have good documentation with their themes. Those are meant for a mass market, right? Yeah. When I'm working on software and when most developers are working on software, they're customizing something, right? right. And that's, and that's the piece that needs to be documented. Yeah, and that's the difference yeah. between an owner's manual and a, um, just a, a, a here's, here's how a car works. It's so, like getting the Wikipedia page of, of what a car is. I just want to remind people that... That's a good analogy. I just want to re remind people to rewind like six minutes, and I said exactly what Steve just said. You <laughs> did. <laughs> Steve's old. He, could, he didn't Steve hear it. Steve said it longer and more, with more I, like I, it, may have, it may have been when I was away from the uh, call. I had to sure, for a second. But, 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 you know, when, I like the car analogy because when you go to buy a, a, a car, at least a, a decent car, right, the salesperson Ford typically Ford nowadays will sit down with you in the car and give you an orientation with the car, right? He'll still point out the navigation system uh, uh, features. He'll tell you kind of some of the specifics that you are, are not going to read in the owner's manual because I don't care if that owner's manual sitting in the uh, glove box. Nobody reads it. Right? Okay, that is not true. I actually got I my owner's manual out the other day because I had a flat one. tire, and I was like, shoot, wait, where that, is my spare tire? Oh, it's in an underhang. That, How do that I is, get this that thing is the out? One, that is the one time you read the owner's manual is when something goes wrong. Right? Well, isn't so, that when everybody reads the owner's manual? It's, this, is, no. this, is, this is a good analogy. right? But oh, the, right. the owner's the, it is because the owner's manual, right, the documentation, is as important as the orientation. Yeah. So I definitely think that the orientation is like here's the features that you are going to use more frequently. Here's how you know you pair your Bluetooth or whatever. But the documentation is basically showing you here's how you know you're going to clear these things or when this little symbol shows up. Here's what that means. And I think that's a little more important than the orientation on how to use Bluetooth. But I think if there is a dollar sign attached to that line item, there should probably be an instruction that says, oh, by the way, the thing that you spent nine grand on, oh, this is how this works. And there's like an entire section devoted to it. But you can, and, and if that cost, if there's a cost associated, and now I'm speaking to the clients that are watching the, the water cooler, if there's a cost associated for your developer to write that documentation, pay for it. Because you're either going to pay a little now or a lot, a lot later. later. And the original documentation is always better than discovered documentation later when someone like Steve is detectivizing trying to figure out what happened, or me, and why there's nine sliders. Absolutely. I, I, so, I, think we, I think we just came up with a tagline for this show, Jason. Pay, <laughs> pay, pay a little now or a lot later. And so, so now speaking to the developers that are watching the call, right, you should always document, right? And not only should you document for somebody else that might take over this project later, you should be documenting for yourself, right? Mm. Because you may develop this project and walk away from it, and a couple years later, the client comes back and they want more. And now you're like, saving yourself time. Right? So, well, and write, then you're like, oh, my old code was write, so write bad. This, write this to, <laughs> to your future self. 
can, can we just address one problem I have with that, Steve? And um, I know that you'll see this from the business point is when you when you don't give everything away, you kind of create that um, that job security. Like they have to come back That's to you. Such wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. I like this. Keep going. All right, all right. What I want to hear, what I want to ask Steve is, how would you argue that by saying it, it is job security in the sense that you you retain that client, but at what point is it? Are you are you hoarding their site or are you restricting them from their site? This I'm I'm, I'm happy you brought this up because I've talked about this at WordCamp talks, right? I, I was my, there. I was there. I win. I win my business by doing good work. Not by owning code or hoarding information, right? It's called holding people hostage. That's, That's right. what it's called. It's called holding a business hostage in because you're afraid that someone else is going to win your business away from you. Like Steve said, if you are doing good work and you're providing a good service for the client, they're going to come back to you because they already trust you. They already know you. And, and now, guess what? There are more clients. There are new businesses every day, and all of them need and websites. That, and now I'm about to, about to piss off half of our audience, okay? <laughs> Oh, it's my favorite part. So, 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 so George, I, and myself are going to right. IT departments, <laughs> IT departments are built on this notion, right? They're built on this notion of of hoarding information or holding or holding hostage. It gives them job security. This is why me and IT have not gotten along for 21 years. And this is why Steve and I have this like oil water thing going on because I work in IT. <laughs> it's not you, Jason. You're 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 one of the exceptions. Yeah, you. Uh, uh, you you tend towards the overeducation, actually. Let's just be real. <laughs> totally true. You're like, did you want to know every step of everything I did? Because I will totally show it to you. And everyone's like, no, please don't tell us that. Not only that, but Jason <laughs> will jump on their com uh, jump on their computer and open up terminal and be like, here, here's how you download this. <laughs> <laughs> But, but I, I agree with what you're saying, Steve, and it is that, that hoarding, that keeping hostage. I think that is why I hear from so many business owners how just frustrated they are with web developers. Everyone rolls their eyes. No one knows who to trust. It's a really crappy thing for the business owner. They're just kind of throwing darts in the in the dark, and then everyone leaves them you know, halfway through a project. So I, I have a lot of sympathy for the small business owner and the user in all of these situations because they don't have the information and even with Google they don't know how to assess that information to figure out which is the right information because there's so much conflicting information so really I think the onus is upon us as advocates of WordPress, advocates of an open source system, advocates of technology to educate people like what we do with the show I'd like to think uh, as much as possible all the time well, and, and a, a good takeaway for, for anybody that's watching the show that is hiring a developer, right? Ask these questions, right? Yeah. Don't sign a contract unless you know you own the code, you have access to the code, right? All, all those things are important, right? And if somebody won't have that conversation with you, find another developer. Well, so I think that that core topic alone and why some people start hoarding the site or holding them hostage, I think that's why people shift and they come to our company or to Zeek or to say, I think that's the reason why most people show up and they say, this is why I don't know why my site works is because this conversation happened and I got nothing from it. I, that's why I, th I think it was an important question to ask Steve. And, and the, the one thing I, I want to say here is that's not always done maliciously, right? It's, sure. um, we're not saying that other developers are malicious. They might just not have a, a, the same process. 
That's fair. Right. That's, or be that, aware they or, might not be aware that the a lot of tech people that I find don't think well, most of them don't think the same way as users, so it doesn't occur to them that they would need to put out point where out where the update button is. Or that there's a little red light, yeah, you should follow that and push that button. Users think in a totally different way than developers, and I think it's that that uh, disconnect that is what makes this struggle so real and so constant. And sometimes those developers are the hungry developers that just say, I know PHP, and then they get into WordPress, and then they go, like, I don't know how this thing works. And they essentially yeah, just force they, the entire oh. thing. And then when you're done, you've rewritten all of WooCommerce, and now the person's <laughs> going, like, how do I get this thing to work? Jason, yeah, or I, the client Jason. that I had that uh, installed the inline PHP plugin and then did PHP oh, in the page of the client. I, I picked actually, up a... I'm sorry, I, I, I picked up a client that wrote a theme as Ruby on Rails. What? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, what, what converter did they use? Like, what? <laughs> they, they, That's yeah. impressive, actually. That is, like, some impressive it, scaffolding. I'm kind it, of impressed by that. We picked That's up like a taking it. We picked level. up a client where their documentation was just links to other blogs that were written that said, "Here's how you hack the menu. Here's how you <laughs> do this." I've seen those before. So, so like the documentation <laughs> was nothing but links. They're like, yeah, read this article. And, and, and that's okay. At least like you're showing me what you did to get this done, but. Like, it, it's that point that the developer doesn't even know what they're doing other than I copied and pasted. <laughs> you know? Those people don't should not call themselves developers. I am adamant about that. You can, you can refer back to any of the shows that we've titled or, or discussed uh, managing expectations for more on any of this. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> we've, right, well, we've talked a lot about this particular topic in the past, and we... we we know this because there are plenty of newbie develop newbie uh, site owners that need to know how to use this stuff. It happens and every single day. Every single day. It's every client I deal with, all of them. I wish we could make one of those info commercials. That, you know where it's like someone gets shot every thirty seconds. I wish we could make one for WordPress where it's like every thirteen seconds the WordPress owner is left without their code. <laughs> like the like the uh, like the, the smoking clock that's, yeah. in, that's, in, that's in Hollywood with the billboard. Yes. It's yes. just the count the, the clock that counts up every couple of seconds. Oh my gosh, Jason, that could be your next SSFQRPP uh. challenge. Yep. Yep. All right, that's about it, folks. It's 11.30. It's time to get going. So make sure you go to our website at jpwaterfall.com. Click on the links there to subscribe. We'd really appreciate it. If you like this particular episode, hit the little thumbs up button. And um, somewhere here on the screen, there'll probably be a thing that you can click on to subscribe. So we'd appreciate it. Thank you very much. Talk to you all later. Bye-bye. Happy Monday. Bye. Bye. Happy birthday, George. Yay, George. Bye. <laughs>